0: Welcome to another aflame teaching session. We hope you enjoy this special message by Hank Kleinschmidt. super excited to be sharing again tonight song of songs chapter two we're going to do part two tonight so for those of you who missed last week you can catch it on youtube on our flame ministries youtube youtube channel and also on facebook we haven't removed it so you guys can catch up also we have it on our podcast that is on apple it's on apple podcast i think and on spotify i think so but you guys can just go and check it out so we're super excited to uh, to be sharing again tonight. I'm just going to give it a minute or two for people to jump on. And uh, if you're joining, please uh, hit the like button and share and tag somebody that you think might benefit from this. We had such a glorious time just sharing on Song of Songs chapter 2 last week. And it was just refreshing. I love doing this because it's something that's in my heart. And I like I said, I really feel like it's a... It's almost like a prophetic word from the lord uh song of songs chapter two and it's kind of become like a go-to chapter for us as a ministry and as a family uh, in this season so hopefully it's going to mean something to you in that way as well and it's just going to encourage you guys to um to really just you know give give a bit of a grip on the season about what i feel the lord is doing what he's kind of been showing to us so i'm just gonna also open up my own um uh, my own thing here just to see what's happening and who's on there and so on but if you're on there maybe just say hi or just click and tag somebody or uh, just tell us where you're from and that way we can just connect with you guys which would be amazing uh there we go so now i can see there's pretoria good evening brits i hope you're doing well and uh, yeah if there's anybody else just uh Like I said, just comment and also um, the purpose of doing it on on, on Facebook is just for you guys to be able to share it around and, uh, you know, just share with people and let them them know about it and uh, like I said, hopefully it really blesses someone. We're also super excited. I don't know what the weather is like on your side. Here it's miserable and it's raining and it's cold and all kinds of things happening. So I know in different parts of the country, uh, lots of things going on we're also super excited about the rest of the year we're going to start traveling um quite a lot over the next couple of weeks so from basically two weeks from now we're going to be on the road and they're just going to be super busy uh just traveling moving around and just uh, trying to be faithful in what the lord is calling us so uh, like i said if you're if you're on there maybe just tag somebody hit the like button and just share it uh, that would just help to get that algorithm going so that we can get the word out to as many as possible so uh, but anyway let's uh let's just start i just want to start in prayer uh, while we just keep on waiting for a couple of people to jump on so if you're on there let's just pray together so lord we thank you so much for the privilege of just gathering around your word and uh, gathering in your name in your presence lord and, and we just i want to invite all of heaven tonight i invite you, holy spirit to just come and speak to us lord we open our hearts and we invite heaven we invite the angelic we invite the fullness of your kingdom to come we invite your voice jesus to just be that sound of the roaring waters of the rushing waters uh, over our spirits over our minds and just awaken something inside of us tonight i pray that you stir us i pray that you move inside of us i pray that you guide us lord and that you open up something beautifully in our hearts and in our minds we are expectant for what you're doing in this season. We are excited for the place that you're calling us towards. And Lord, we, are, we just want to see your glory manifest over the earth. We want to see your name glorified wherever we go. And Father, we want to be faithful to your Son and the massive price that he has paid. We want to walk worthy of that which we were called to in Christ Jesus. So Lord, we love you. We're excited and we pray just come and stir our hearts tonight in Jesus' mighty name amen so uh i want to jump off uh, where we kind of catch up where we ended last week and that was song of songs and we spoke about part one uh you know basically verse 10 to verse 15 that's what we're talking about and we were doing verse 10 to 14 just talking through it and just kind of trying to give you guys a little bit of a idea of what i feel the lord has been doing with us in this current season and and the point of Song of Songs, chapter 2, uh, is just this beautiful, beautiful piece of scripture where we see the bridegroom's heart for us, his bride. And that includes every single one, every individual, uh, you know, that's watching, that's reading. And just for the body of Christ, this this longing where he actually starts and he says, listen, I've heard your cry for me. I've heard your cry where you said you want intimacy with me, you want to know me, and I'm responding to that. So here I am, I'm kind of knocking at the door. And then it goes into, you know, this whole thing where where it's about um, just kind of this constant, where, where, where Jesus goes and he says, listen, this is what's opened up for you guys in, in this season. And this is what's what's happening in front of you this is the new day of destiny that's dawning over you guys can't you see it but in the midst of all of it jesus keeps calling us awake to the higher place and he keeps calling us to intimacy he keeps calling us out of activity uh, if i can put it that way even good things that he set up for us and he keeps thrusting us forward into this place of intimacy where he says I need you to see this stuff I need you to discern the new day of destiny but in the midst of it hey come come away with me you know come to a higher place so it's fascinating it's so beautiful to see the heart of Jesus where he's like you know all of these things are happening I, I heard your cry I know how you long for destiny I know how you want to see stuff happen around you but this is actually what I'm what I'm going to do is i am calling it to myself in this hour and boy that's where a lot of the church is at it's this time of transition it's this time where god is uh you know calling the church back to himself so that he can deploy us in this hour to do great and mighty exploits for the lord uh where, where incredible things are going to take place on the face of the earth moves of god moves of the spirit that's going to take place and he's positioning us and preparing us for that but then um, the verse that I want to get to tonight, and we're probably going to talk about that next week as well, when we finish off, is, is Song of Songs uh, chapter 2, verse 15. And let's just read that together. It, it, it's all these massive promises that he makes, you know, telling us what's about to happen. You know, the, the, the flowers are budding, the field is blooming, the, the earth has been soaked and drenched in the rains of the Lord. And then he goes and he says you must catch i'm reading out of the passion translation he says you must catch the troubling foxes those sly little foxes that hinder our relationship for they raid our budding vineyard of love to ruin what i've planted within you will you catch them and remove them for me we will do it together isn't that beautiful right so it's this build-up, it's this, it's this cry of intimacy where the Lord is going, Listen, this is, this is what we're going to do. This is where we're going to go. And then He says, But there are these troubling foxes that's, that's ruining the vineyard that I've planted within you. And He says, These sly little foxes, it must be dealt with, because it is going to re- destroy everything that He's planted within us. And He says, Will you do it together uh, with Me? And guys, this is such a massive thing. Uh, We had a, we were ministering um, in Brazil with with Iris Harvest School, and we kind of arrived on the back end of the school. And uh, I mean, we had such a phenomenal time with him. But when we arrived, we really felt the sense of, you know, the Lord just calling the whole group back to a place of intimacy. You know, it's students from all over, over the world. And, you know, they're ready to be sent out and going to, you know, do great exploits for the Lord. And we just felt like the Lord is saying, listen, get back to this place of intimacy. And we were kind of sharing about this. And then um, one of the staff members uh, came to talk to Maurice, And she said, hey, the wildest thing happened. Because one of the, the ladies in her group, uh, she got up the morning, like super early, five or six in the morning. She went out to spend time with the Lord. We're in Fortaleza, which is a really big city. Uh, we're in the, well, we're on the edge of the city. But I mean, it's not like it's a rural area and she's walking around the area praying interceding just you know spending time with the lord and the next minute she sees foxes <laughs> like running around on on the property and she goes that's not right that shouldn't be there and she starts running around chasing these foxes you know off of the property because she really felt like the lord said to her these things need to go and she she goes and speaks to this uh, staff member and she says you know isn't there like a verse about you know taking care of the foxes and we just kind of left and, and just you know, being aware that this is such a a God moment where the Lord is kind of just in the natural confirming something that we felt in the spiritual about the reality of these, these little foxes that's in our lives that is trying to destroy the vineyard that he's placed within us. And it's interesting when when you when you keep um, perspective on this these couple of verses where Everything is about this new day of destiny uh, that is opening up in front of us, right? That's kind of what the Lord is talking to the bride about, is saying, listen, this thing is happening, like new doors are opening up for you. Things are about to explode. I'm, I'm preparing a field for you. I'm preparing a land for you. But then he goes back and he says, but these little foxes, it needs to be taken care of. And because the fox destroys um, the vineyard that is planted within you. And to me, that is fascinating to think that when Jesus looks at us, when He he looks at the bride in this hour, that He goes and He says, the one thing that I need you, that that me and you can do, because there's a lot of things we can't do. In this story, He's setting up everything, right? And then He goes and He says, but this is the one thing that I need you to wage war over, And that's the little foxes that's trying to destroy our vineyard. The vineyard speaks of intimacy. And to me, that is fascinating that the one responsibility that is given to us as believers is to guard the place of intimacy inside of us. The place of visitation inside of us where the Lord wants to dwell in our spirit. And this is the place where He says, you know, I want you to fight and war over this and not allow the little foxes to destroy what i've placed inside of you isn't that a phenomenal idea that destiny can be destroyed because we are not maintaining the place of intimacy and when he speaks to us he's not talking to us about maintaining the field outside he's talking to us about sustaining the vineyard that's within and he's going that's the very thing that i'm calling you guys towards this is what i believe is important and that is Necessary in this hour, and yet often we get frustrated when things aren 't happening on the outside fast enough but but what the Lord is saying, I need you to look at what 's going on on the inside because that 's what 's going to sustain it. This is the one thing that I actually ask you to take care of is the vineyard because everybody 's talking about new wine we 're looking forward to the new wine, which speaks about a new outpouring, a new sense of the Holy Spirit or what he 's doing, which is awesome. But new wine comes from the vineyard, and the vineyard is within, right? So it's those that can maintain and take care of the vineyard inside of them that's going to be the carriers of the new wine in the season that is to come. But so often we're looking for the new wine out there, and we're going, well, surely there must be something out there that we're longing for, and we're hungry and we're desperate, and we're fighting for that. But Jesus says, I need you to look at within. The vineyard that I have planted inside of you that is being ruined and that's being destroyed by the little foxes, those sly little creatures that we're not taking care of in our own lives. And this is like the biggest wake up call to me and I think to all of us is the reality that the call to the higher place is the only call. That is what is important. That is what he has planted within us, the high place of intimacy and our first love. This is where he's calling us to. But we have to deal with the foxes, right? We have to take responsibility in that area and step up and say, we're going to deal with these little things. And and I believe foxes, is, it's the little compromises in our hearts. But also a fox speaks of deception. It's a sly creature. It's cunning, right? And it's the little deceptions that we walk with in our own lives, things that we believe, or blind spots that we carry in our walk with the Lord and we don't realize what's going on in that area, right? And that is what causes the vineyard to be destroyed. You know, in, a, in our culture, we grew up with, a, with, it was like, you know, as Afrikaans, young guy growing up, we would listen to these records and it was the story was called yuckles and wolf that's afrikaans it means the wolf and the jackal right and it's like lots of stories and man i love those stories when i when i was a kid and um it was always about the wolf that was not you know that super intelligent and then the jackal or the fox uh which by the way this word is in in the hebrew they probably referring to a jackal but you know fox is just easier for all of us um but but the, the fox was sly the fox um oh man when you listen to those stories you would get so angry at the fox and you would feel so sorry for the wolf right because the fox would always always outsmart and trick the wolf in a way that that was so terrible and the thing with the fox it was always with him about self-gain and self-preservation right And if there is a little fox I want to speak about tonight in our lives, it would be the fox of self-preservation and self-gain. I think when I read this, there is nothing that jumps out at me louder than this reality, that it is the preservation of my own way, my heart, the self-protection that I put around me, the unwillingness to live sacrificially, right? That leads us in, in a way away from the garden of intimacy with God. And it's one of the foxes that will destroy our walk with the Lord Jesus. So it goes back to selfishness. And that's the reality of it. We, there's no other way. Um, where the fox, really the cunningness of the fox, it's always about protecting self and not taking ownership for whatever we've done in our lives, not taking ownership of the wrong we've done, not taking ownership of our call, not taking ownership of any of those things, right? And that's, that's one of the things I wanna address, one of the foxes that I wanna st- talk to you guys tonight, that I believe is actually pulling us out of that higher place, and that's pulling us, in effect, out of intimacy and out of destiny with God, right? It's, it's the distractions that we set up in our own lives, And we get so distracted, and because we don't want to live sacrificially in the Lord, we start lacking the fire of God that falls on sacrifice. Right? Right. And the minute we lack the fire in our walk with the Lord, the minute we lack the anointing oil in our walk, we will step into the realm of the flesh to start and to make up that's that's probably a bad word but we will want to try and make up or or um my english has left me now but we want to kind of set it straight in the natural where the anointing where the oil was supposed to do that for us and now we can't do it anymore you understand so we step into the realm of the flesh And we get distracted with a performance mentality trying to make something happen that we cannot make happen. We cannot make destiny happen. He makes destiny happen, right? And our job is to preserve the vineyard. That's our job. Our job is not to make, uh, you know, excuses for pressing in like Richard saying there. Our job is not to make things happen by performance. So that it looks anointed or that it looks powerful or the right strategy or whatever. There's nothing wrong with strategy and planning and all of those things. In fact, it is super necessary, very important in the body of Christ. Whether you're in business, ministry, doesn't really matter. Or or just parenting, you need a strategy, right? But it needs to be anointed. It needs to be something that's from the Lord that is ordained by God. Um, For me, when I started thinking about the story today, my attention immediately went to Matthew chapter 26. And um, I've, I've spoken about this quite, quite a lot in the past, but I want to draw some parallels here that I haven't done before, because I want to show you probably the most shocking picture of, <laughs> of self-preservation versus sacrificial living that you see in the context of intimacy and worship and where it goes. And Matthew chapter 6 is the story of Mary of Bethany, the sister of Martha, the brother of, uh, you know, whose brother was Lazarus. It is her story of absolute devotion and worship to God in one of the most powerful stories in the Bible, according to me, right? And we all know the story. It's we're sitting in in, in the house of Simon the leper. It's before Jesus is going to be crucified. And Bethany shows up and she brings this, this jar of expensive oil or nard uh, was not this was used to anoint kings it was very very costly very costly it was what Moses had to prepare to anoint the priest and kings and, and so on so this is like a, a holy holy moment she rushes into the room the disciples saw it they were upset they they, they thought what a waste of money and because she took the oil she broke it over the head of Jesus And this oil would just fill him as he was sitting at the table. And all the oil was just flowing over Jesus. And this aroma of the spikenard would fill the room. And listen, here's the beauty of it. Everybody in the room was aware of the worship that was released. Because the fragrance that was poured over Jesus saturated the atmosphere. And it drew the attention of everybody in that place my goodness what a depth of worship that is right for somebody to interrupt the meeting and just pour out on the lord in such a way that it that it just releases this kingly priestly fragrance in the atmosphere that is so holy that it stops everybody in their tracks and they go what in the world is happening here and jesus just looks at it and he goes oh my gosh this is incredible right this is absolutely incredible And the disciples, they're offended, right? So this is like the weirdest story ever, right? And these are the apostles. These are the guys. And um, so the story goes on. So she does it. Jesus quiets all of them and he says, Listen, the poor you will always have with you, right? But me, you will not always have with you. And he kind of corrects them and he, he exhorts them in that moment. He says, like, you guys are out of line. And then the next minute... He says, like, when she poured this perfume on my body, she did it to prepare me for for burial. I'm going to touch on this in a minute. Um, And then he ends and he says, wherever the story, wherever this gospel is told, make sure that her name is mentioned in every one of those moments. I mean, what a story, right? What a beautiful picture of somebody that just poured out her life upon Jesus Christ, just absolute pure undevoted worship in that moment and it's so pleasing to the Lord yet so offensive to man right and uh, what a stunning story now you guys have probably heard it before but but here's the beauty of the story like they say that that jar of oil that she poured out over Jesus would be equal to a year's worth of wages so I want you guys to think of that for a moment Take a year, take a month, salary, whatever you need to survive, multiply by 12, right? And then take that and give all of it to Jesus in an act of worship. Now, it's not a right picture, but it kind of helps us a little bit to see what kind of devotion we're talking about. A year basically going, so you can either see it that way or you can see it as for a year I don't work and I just sit and I spend my life at the feet of Jesus right this is pretty serious worship this is pretty serious devotion that's being given to the lord right but then the very next verse is verse 14 and i want us to read that uh just look at this then one of the 12 so this is immediately after this moment in simon the leper's house then one of the 12 who was called judas iscariot went to the chief priest and said What are you willing to give me if I hand Jesus over to you? And they weighed out 30 pieces of silver. And from that moment, Judas began looking for an opportune time to betray Jesus. Guys, I really hope I'm going to be able to communicate what I want to say tonight. Wow. So you have Mary that pours out her life, sacrificial worship, right? She pours it over Jesus, not thinking about the cost. Maybe she did, maybe she did, and I don't know. She pours everything out over the king, right? Doesn't seem like there's any fox in this story that's destroying the budding vineyard of her life, right? She is thinking, worship the king, right? The reward is where Jesus goes, wherever the story is told, her name will be linked there's no way that mary entered that room thinking about the reward do you hear me everything that mary did was sacrificial worship she was living romans 12 verse 2 a living sacrifice she was pouring herself on the altar her whole life she put on the altar before the lord in an act of worship and of intimacy and the fire of God fell on him. And her story is still being preached today. Isn't that phenomenal? Judas sits there. He's watching this story, right? He is so offended by what's happening. In John 12, we see the same story accounted for. Judas was actually the one that said, what a waste. This money could have, this this oil could have been sold and the money spent on the poor, right? So Judas... Let's just say for a moment he was sincere, which I, which I doubt. But Judas in that moment goes, no, 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 this is wasteful, right? This sacrifice is wasteful because this sacrifice could have gone to the people. So that's a love your neighbor kind of a concept. So he bypasses the first commandment and he goes into a second commandment reality. And he uses that as an excuse for the waste and the offense that it awakens in his own heart about the worship of mary because he goes surely there was something better we could have done with this right which which wasn't really in his heart in any way so he walks out offended at this massive act of worship what does his offense create his offense creates something completely different he goes from that moment and he goes to the pharisees and he says I'm going to betray Jesus, right? And he says, for 30 pieces of silver, which I say is like a month's worth of wages. That's, that's a shocker, right? It's a month's worth of wages. He says, I'll sell Jesus out to you, right? So Judas goes from witnessing this absolute act of self-sacrifice, sacrificial worship, right? He sees that. And Jesus looks at it as well. Judas looks at it and Jesus looks at it. And Jesus goes, this is preparing me for my burial. Right? Judas looks at this and, and this, I'm speculating, right? Judas looks at this and he goes, that is not what I signed up for. Because Judas, just like Peter and many of the others, they were not interested in a suffering Messiah. They were not interested in a sacrificial story. They were interested in a victorious story. And to them, to Judas, death wasn't success. But Mary, all right, are you still with me? Mary witnessed resurrection life in John chapter 11 with her own brother Lazarus where she learned the same principle. Mary was the one that chose to sit at the feet of Jesus while Martha was busy serving earlier on. But in John chapter 11, Lazarus is dead. He's raised from the dead. And what does Jesus say to her in John 11, verse 25 and 26? Jesus says to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in years in trust and relies on me as savior will live even if he dies and everyone who lives and believes in me as savior will never die do you believe this so he poses this thing to to mary and she witnesses the resurrection of her brother now judas was there as well i get that the probability is very high but mary in that moment sees a gospel reality a kingdom reality which jesus preaches over and over and over again is that if you try and hold on to your life you're going to lose it but if you deny yourself you're going to gain everything if you die there is a resurrection that needs to place and this is eternal life that is being deposited into you right so mary gets that judas was there as well he still doesn't get it so jesus says, this is to prepare me for my burial, the oil that she pours out, Judas goes, no thank you, I'm not signing up for that, in fact I'll sell it out for a month's worth of wages. So the idol in the heart, the self the desire for self gain, for self protection, for self preservation in that moment exceeds the kingdom reality of giving away your life so that you can gain mary on the other hand had an experience she had a witness of this thing so she goes if i pour out my oil over him i will receive life forevermore right she is stepping into that reality of worship where it's not about me but it's all about him it's not about what i get out of this but it's actually what i yield unto him because he will fall the fire will fall on what i yield and that is the key to the new day of destiny, this breakthrough that we want to step into. But it starts with this internal vineyard that needs to be sustained, that needs to be protected, right? Guys, the reality is that that Judas is living out of this realm. So what does he do? He sells out for, for a month's worth of wages. So it is self-gain, self-preservation which is birthed out of this deception this fox of deception that comes into our lives and tells us that we've got to sustain this thing we've got to take care of ourselves we've got to look after ourselves self-preservation is the answer all these t-shirts today self-love and self-care and all of those things that is not the gospel at all right it's die to self deny yourself daily pick up your cross and follow me if you give away your life you will get life right which you that which you sacrifice will be given back to you 30 60 and 100 fold that's the gospel it's sowing and it's reaping right and in our intimacy with God we've got to sow our lives we've got to sow our hearts we've got to sow our time we've got to sow our worship unto the Lord without wanting this external thing to take place the way we want it to look right But to just so knowing that he has the key to destiny, he is the door to destiny, there is no other way. He is the way through and into it. We cannot make it happen. He's gonna make it happen, right? And this is quite sobering to me. Right? And what I what is interesting about those words as well about Judas in John in Matthew 26, verse 14, 15, and 16 is where he says that. That where, where he goes the next month and he says, and, and from that moment, Judas began looking for an opportune time to betray Jesus. When I read it again, it like it just hit me, this reality that when, when I exchange, because this is what I believe he did, when I exchange the creator for that which is created. by the way, that is that is the heartbeat of idolatry, idolatry when i exchange the glory of the creator for that which is created that means my idols in life so the deception is that there is greater glory in what is around me what is tangible what i can touch what i can do and some of those things are great it's winning souls it's all of that but it can become a wrong idol when it has a higher place above the creator right are you hearing me of course we're supposed to win souls of course, we're going to heal this. all of those things 100%. That is the desire of our hearts. We want to please the Lord in that way. But that cannot have a higher priority than the Creator Himself. You understand what I'm saying? That is idolatry. And here's what happens. The minute that we lose perspective and the glory of the Creator becomes less important to us than the glory of created things, which is of no value, Right? a fence jumps into our hearts and this is what we do Hear these words again and from that moment judas began looking for an opportune time to betray jesus and this is what i want to say is when when we've made that exchange knowingly or unknowingly remember it's a little fox it deceives and it comes in without us knowing right but the minute when we do that right a thing starts growing in our hearts or His glory becomes less. But our We lose our wonder. And suddenly we are looking at the disappointments of life, the failures, the stuff that happens, and we're looking f- at, for a reason to justify why this thing with Him is not working, even though we're not flat out going against Him. But we kind of justify our lack of faith Our lack of commitment our lack of devotion our lack of sacrificial living and that is not the heart of Jesus for any of us because it's in the sacrifice that the breakthrough is and this is such a powerful reality this this Fox will destroy us the Fox that says no sacrificial living is not the way of the kingdom and I'm sorry but it is you know what did Mary do with her worship once again she prepared jesus for his suffering right she prepared jesus for the very thing that he came for think about it her worship in that moment her giving him worship in the way that she did prepares him for his death prepares him for his burial there's scholars that say when when they would hit jesus that smell of that oil would probably have filled the arena right because that's it would be so strong so you could smell her worship on the land that is hanging on the cross right and here's the beauty of all of this jesus dies right smelling like the worship the sacrificial worship that he says this is the one thing i desire and he dies smelling like worship and what is the very thing that is our destiny our destiny our purpose is to worship is to walk in intimacy with him so in his death worship prepared him for his death and his burial but his resurrection is what pulls us back into the realm of intimacy with god and it's this full circle where her worship prepares him but his death allows us to worship with absolute freedom isn't that beautiful right Isn't that glorious, the way the Lord sees this stuff? And He's looking at that sacrificial living, that sacrificial worship that is willing to give of itself and not ask anything in return, right? Because so easily our prayer meetings, our times with the Lord can come about strategy, plans, purposes, instead of just making it about Him. And suddenly we, without realizing it, we are removing ourselves from that, altar of where we're supposed to be a living sacrifice and we're pulling away from that thing because we're not willing to give our hearts give our lives give our time to the Lord in a powerful way and something is lost oil is lost anointing is lost when we remove ourselves from that place we've got to lay ourselves down you know we've got to lay ourselves down uh, in that sense Oh, I'm so sorry. I see this thing is not... uh, um, uh, I'll I'll share it afterwards in a way that it can go public. So my apologies for that. But I want you guys to just, just drink that in a little bit and just see where the Lord is with us on this journey and just understand His heart, right? Destiny, gifting, ministry, business cannot take preeminence over Him, right? It cannot be more important. It cannot take a higher place than He has. He's got to be the ultimate. He's got to be the highest high. He's got to be the reality. And the oil in our lives, the oil of breakthrough, the anointing oil that we all long for, that we all need, it comes in only one way, right? And that is through crushing. Even the oil of the life of Jesus, he goes to the Garden of Gethsemane. It's the place of crushing, right? And Mary was crushed with Lazarus' death. She was crushed by people persecuting her, going against her. It's crushed her to pour that oil out. It costs something. It 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 squeezed something out of her that is beautiful and that is holy and that is pure unto the Lord. And this crushing is necessary in our lives if we want the oil. Um Zechariah 4, I just thought about that the other day. Zechariah 4, where it speaks of the golden oil. Remember that prophecy is so powerful. It speaks of the two olive trees um, and the branches. That's flowing, and then it's the menorah, and every one of them are connected with a little golden, uh, uh, like a, it's, it's feeding this golden oil from the tree to them, right? And it's, it's just this powerful picture of the golden oil, the oil of the Lord, the oil of His glory, the oil of the kingdom that keeps flowing continuously when you are positioned in that place of surrender. Because what is the word that goes out to Zerubbabel, Zechariah 4, verse 6? We all love it. It says, Not by might not by power but by my spirit says the lord so again it's by yielding to the way of the spirit and that is the way forward right so it's again it's yielding it's this oil of intimacy that we give so we pour our oil upon the lord of intimacy we pour our lives onto him in worship and what does he do in return he gives us this golden oil this oil of breakthrough the oil of healing the oil of deliverance the oil of victory the oil of freedom he pours this stuff back over us right and this is the breakthrough is in that place but it's this exchange it's intimacy and he pours out whatever he wants to not by might, not by power but by my spirit says the lord and it's so important that we just keep choosing devotion over a specific outcome that we desire in this time specifically god wants to anoint us friends God wants to anoint us in different ways, There's specific anointings. It's coming on the body of Christ, right? And it's unique, it's different. He wants to anoint you in different ways than He's done before so that you can step out and do what He wants us to do in this hour. But we've got to open our minds, we've got to open our hearts, we've got to open our lives for this, right? And we've got to be willing to yield fully to the Lord. I, I want to read this to you and I'm going to start closing off. I think so. Uh, Colossians chapter 3. Let's just quickly go over it together. Like one of my favorite chapters in the Bible. I haven't preached on it in quite some time. And um, man, it's just so powerful. So powerful. I hope this is blessing some of you guys and hopefully some people watching it later. Mmm. That's better. Alright, Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. I'm going to start there and just listen to this out of the perspective of um, just kind of what I've been sharing. It says, Therefore, if you have been raised with Christ to new life, sharing in His resurrection from the dead, right? Like it's going, like if this is what has happened, right? If you've been raised with Christ, amplified, to a new life, sharing his resurrection from the dead, right? That's us, right? Keep seeking the things that are above. Where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. That's just like such a confirmation right there. It's like, if you've been raised into new life, like you've died, that means you died to something, sacrificial living, and now you're raised to this new thing. It says, keep seeking the things which are above. And verse 2, set your mind and keep focused habitually on the things above the heavenly things not on things that are on the earth not on our idols not on our self-preservation not on our self-care self-motivation our own wicked intentions no stay away from those things but habitually focus set your mind on the things which are above heavenly things verse number 3 says for you died to this world and your new real life is hidden with Christ in God Right and that's the whole point of this story is like the the biggest fox, this lie that we can maintain our life, that we can make it happen, that we can create something, it's just a lie. It's an absolute lie out of the pit of hell. Christ is our life and we our lives is hidden in Christ and we have died to this world and therefore we are alive is our life is hidden in him. There is no other option, right? And yet we somehow try because of the deception that comes into our hearts. And again, like I say, it's little deceptions, it's little lies that creeps in, and it starts pushing us away, and it's distractions that draws us away from the focus of the gospel, which is to live holy lives unto the Lord, and to live devoted to Him, to set our minds on the things which are above, to not seek our own will, but to seek His will above all other things and we've got to deal with those things friend uh, i want to encourage you that we cannot lower our gaze uh, in this hour don't lower your gaze don't lower our focus don't let pressure or whatever it is come in and try and steal away this beautiful season or beautiful times of waiting on the Lord and being with the Lord and going higher with Him. He has made some massive promises to us about what is ahead. And we can trust Him. We can rely on Him. We don't have to doubt Him about those things. But we've got to live in a manner worthy of Him. And we've got to live like people who has died and not like a Judas who's got certain ideas and when they don't pan out, we we kind of sell out. Again, Judas sold out for a month's wages. Mary sacrificed a year worth of wages. And who's the one that is resurrected and alive? And, you know, Peter did the same. Peter didn't like the idea of Jesus' suffering in Matthew chapter 16. He he went against that. He said, "No, no, no, this is not happening. You are not dying. And Jesus goes, get behind me, Satan. What is the point? Sacrifice is part of the work. And in the sacrifice, in the offering that we bring to the Lord, there is always life released. And when I say this, I'm not like, this is not like a depressing reality or a depressing message. or you know, This is not what it's about. This is about like making sacrifices into that which you love, which you value the most. And we've got to value Him the most. And His promise is that if you lay down your life, I will give you so much more than what you've ever had. Before I will give you homes, I'll give you family. I'll whatever you've laid down for me, I'm gonna restore that so much more in this life and the next. When we lay our lives down, we give away something to the Lord. When we give our worship to Him, we give something away to God that that He can transform into something that is more powerful than life itself, right? But it's the pleasure of God upon our worship that creates life and that stirs us in a way that we haven't been stirred before. And it creates life and hope, and it creates a sustainability in us that nothing else can give us, and it's purpose. And suddenly we we come to a place of rest. Restlessness needs to be removed out of our spirits. We are restless, and we've got to get that away from us as we learn to just settle in this place of giving unto the Lord and if he's not speaking right now then there is a reason either because he has spoken in the past already and we just didn't listen or because he just doesn't want to speak yet, because he's still saying come away with me come up higher stay in that place and friends I want to encourage you to deal with this Fox this deceptive Fox that says there is no sacrifice in this walk and just not true There is a laying down of our hearts on the altar of the Lord every day. And God loves it. He responds to it. He moves towards that. And it's not works. People are going to say, oh, but you're preaching works. No, I'm not. This is love. This is privilege. This is joy. This is the joy of pouring our lives over the Lord. This is understanding something about what pleases Him and giving it to Him in this way. And yes, self-sacrifice, sacrificial living also looks like working among the poor or going in hard nations or just ministering to your neighbor. 100% it means that as well. But we cannot do that above worshiping him because then that becomes an idol in our hearts that we cannot afford to have. It becomes a fox that destroys this beautiful vineyard that he has planted within us. So friends, I, I hope this stirs something. I hope this makes sense. I hope this moves something inside of you. And awaken something and I I would love to pray for us Uh, just for a moment and just as we just lay our hearts bare before the Lord and just whatever he's dealing with you let let him just deal with that right now and uh, I know Judas is a very extreme example but it just hit me so hard to see these two stories following right after one another this beautiful worship and then this beautiful not beautiful this horrible self-worship That follows immediately after and let's just lay our hearts bare before the Lord and I'm just gonna pray over us Lord we we love you we love you and father I want to pray that you will protect me protect everybody that's listening Lord that we will never exchange the glory of the Creator for the created things Lord that we will never move away that it won't be self-preservation self-gratification but lord that we would love the glory of the greater you more than anything else and father that we would constantly sow with our worship sow with our time sow our hearts into giving unto you in this way That we will give our oil to you constantly and lord that we would be the ones that sit and await the oil whatever it is that you want to pour out the new wine lord but you will pour it out in our hearts and our spirits and it will flow out of us being a blessing unto many lord we love you so much and we need you and father we want to repent for for just thinking wrong sometimes and we need your grace we need your mercy to come over us thank you that there is no guilt there is no condemnation it's none of those things lord but this is just your grace and your word just washing over us lifting us to a higher place and lord i pray that we will step into that place help us to deal with this deceptive fox of self-preservation and self-gain and lord that we will choose sacrificial living that we would choose romans 12 verse 2 being a living sacrifice that would bask in the fire of your acceptance lord as you pour out fire on the altar we love you we pray that you would come holy spirit move our hearts change us help us to go into repentance where we have to lord we don't want to sell out lord but we want to pour out on you and we would and we love to do that thank you for your mercy in jesus name amen amen guys thank you so much it was so much fun to share with you tonight and i really hope this blesses you and this helps you and uh Yeah, we're going to do one more session next week. And that's going to be our last one on Song of Songs. And uh, like tell people, it's going to be again 7 o'clock this time on my personal Facebook page. And it would be awesome, awesome to have you guys with us. Love you guys and have a great evening. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this session. We hope that you were blessed by it. For more information about the ministry, go to www.aflame.co.za or find us on Facebook and Instagram under Aflame Ministries. Until next time, be blessed in Jesus' name.